Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that sets out to watch every action movie and eventually put it on our list, whether you like it or not. And uh, this week, kind of a special episode, we got a guest, and also John's not here, so we can all yeah, fuck him. We can all breathe easy. <laughs> <laughs> we can all breathe easy. We don't have to take any, you know, political detours here. Um, <laughs> But I, um, I'm your host, James. I am joined by Dustin. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are also joined by our special guest, BFOP brother, Corey from Podcasting After Dark. Welcome, Corey. That's right. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Also, uh, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast as well. That's, uh, I'm so bad at this already, <laughs> already good. failing. It's I forgot good. to also say action, action, you know, of the BFOP network. Damn yeah. it. Well, you don't have any practice, you know, it's, we let, we let John do this part. Yeah. So, okay. So Corey, <laughs> you're doing uh, a great job. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so Corey, for people that haven't listened to Cartwright or Podcasting After Dark, why don't you tell us kind of what you cover on those shows? Sure. Um, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, is a weekly uh, Seinfeld after show, like your typical after show kind of uh, podcast, where we review every single episode. We are, oof, we're a few, uh, about six episodes into season eight, so we're almost done with it. We're also covering oh, wow. Curb on the uh, the patreon but that's with uh, our pal adam from blast from our past podcast and over on podcasting after dark uh me and our pal zach from two dollar lafey we cover cult movies um usually the kind that have more of a rated r spin from the 70s 80s and early 90s uh you know stuff like from beyond or scanners and and crazy stuff like that uh you guys have covered a few of our movies we've covered a few of your movies as well so there's definitely some cross-pollination with action action and podcasting after dark definitely yeah i really enjoy your guys show always you guys go in depth on everything so that's always nice if you want to learn a lot about the movies these guys know what they're talking about yeah if you want to listen to us talk for three to four hours yeah there you go (laughs) about an hour and a half film (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you know we start out every episode where we talk about our uh seek or destroy this week or sink or swim as john would say so Corey, <laughs> since you are the guest we will let you go first oh cool yeah um so 
I, I apologize about my voice. My wife and I are getting over a bout with COVID like, you know, most everybody in our great uh, continent. Um, so that means that we did watch a lot of stuff while we were pretty much couch bound for a week, you know, and, uh, we went down a crazy eighties rabbit hole. My wife kind of just took the reins on it and, uh, she was watching stuff like Sabrina with Harrison Ford, although I think that was like 1990. Um, but she was rocking some awesome stuff. I was like, that's really cool. I caught some, uh, with her when I wasn't working and I'm going to throw out skin deep. For my uh, skin seek. deep. This is 1989. John Ritter. It is a sex comedy romp. Uh, oh, I can't and remember this. So there's there's nudity in it and everything. And John Ritter is an absolute treat to watch, and I highly recommend it. I I have, I have a vague recollection of this. Yeah, I remember this cover from the video store days. I'm not sure I ever saw it though. But, uh, it looks fun. I have definitely not seen it, but you know, I haven't seen a lot of things, so <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't think you had seen it, James. I uh, I thought maybe Dustin at least heard of it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and Ritter definitely always can use more Ritter in my life. <laughs> yeah, he I, honestly, I grew up on Three's Company, um, and weirdly enough, I didn't watch a lot of John Ritter movies. Uh, I think he was like in Problem Child or something, but movie wise, mm -hmm. I always kind of remember Bad Santa. Um, but in this, yeah, that was that was towards the end of his career. That, right? Yeah, before he he passed away, unfortunately. Um, but in this, his physical comedy is bar none it's fantastic i i think i don't want to give too much away because i didn't know anything about the film going into it and i it went in places that i never dared dream never thought it would but i loved every single second of it all hmm. right i'm putting it on my, on my watch list <laughs> so should i put it on i mean it's 97 minutes oh, that's, so that's beautiful for that's you. perfect for me <laughs> it's pretty sweet yeah <laughs> it's going on the watch list then <laughs> Uh, should I keep going or let, do we keep doing yeah, this? Yeah, okay. yeah, no. um, yeah. I'll just throw out a couple. Um, I know that uh, as far as Seek goes, I know you guys have mentioned Righteous Gemstones. We are in season two. We're caught up. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but that show is bananas, and I love every second of it. Uh, another one of the uh, 80s ones that I really enjoyed that I'd never seen before was Working Girl, 1988, with Melanie oh, Griffith yeah. and Harrison Ford. Yeah, hmm. I, I rewatched that a couple of years back myself. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. And I'll go with Destroy. Uh, another first time watch for me was All the Right Moves, nineteen eighty three, with Tom Cruise. Uh, oh, lit... I kind of like that movie. Okay, so so that was the first time I ever watched it. There was a lot of a lot that I did like about it, but the ending I thought was just so it felt just tacked on and undeserved mm -hmm. because Craig T. Nelson like. You know, he's like a jerk the, the most of the movie to Tom Cruise. And yeah. at the end, like literally in the last minute, he's like, oh, just kidding. I'm sorry for being a jerk. And now yeah, I got you a yeah. scholarship. And it's like, that's true. It just kind of just it was me and my wife were like, what? Like, it just, it's a happy ending. It, Come on, Corey. But it wasn't going in it that direction. It didn't feel organic. Yeah, yeah, it didn't feel organic at all. But I mean, in Mia a Thompson's sense, I would still that, say watch like check it out because you know young tom cruise is awesome in my book young leah thompson is awesome craig t mm -hmm. nelson is always awesome in my book uh it's worth it for that and you know what gary graham is in it and chris penn yep exactly yeah. so so yeah. are you telling me you don't like old tom cruise because those mission impossible movies come on <laughs> I, I, I do i do enjoy some mission impossibles although i didn't see the last one and i've never seen oh. number three i think you guys were talking about that i never saw mission impossible three Oh, that's a Philip Seymour Hoffman villain in that one. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fun one. Mm -hmm. 
And that's cool. uh, yeah, that was pretty much uh, uh, so far. I'm gonna reserve my sing- uh, uh, sink or swim, my my secret destroy for Book of Boba Fett until it's done. Because right now, I don't know how I feel about that show, and I just yeah, I, I feel like I need to I'm just wait fi- for it to be done, and I can just sort it all out. I'm yeah, kind of the same way. I, I liked the first two, and then I watched the third one, and the third one was was pretty bad. Yeah. So I'll we'll have to <laughs> yeah have to see. Hopefully, it gets good again. Yeah, I'm kind of like uh I don't know. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna that, ride that, it that out to gang, the end. That you know? gang with those colorful mopeds, jeez. Yeah, that. I mean, sexy. <laughs> That's what you're looking for, what right? They, they just don't look like they belong in the in a Star Wars show but anyway no, anyway that's, that's my problem right there don't now, get me off track <laughs> now dustin i will say uh, i do think episode four was was a upswing so hopefully it keeps going okay. that way all right i'll uh i'll find out <laughs> uh, uh dustin I, yeah you're going next. next okay what do you got uh i don't got too much this week uh for a seek i will say i watched the newest paul schrader movie called the card counter with oscar isaac uh tiffany haddish Ty Sheridan, Willem Dafoe. This is an interesting movie. It, Paul Schrader's still making really m- interesting movies, like all these years later. Uh, he did First Reformed a couple years ago, which was really intense with Ethan Hawke, where he was like a priest who becomes like a sort of environmental terrorist. Uh, this is like uh, Oscar Isaac uh, was a soldier. He tortured people in Abu Ghraib. He went to jail. He went to prison for it. Mm-hmm. Now he is a gambler. He plays blackjack and poker and stuff. Uh, meets this young kid and he goes on uh, the world poker tour to try to make some money to help this kid out. It's a re- it is a slow simmering type movie. There's like an intensity in the sort of just simmering in the background. Like you're I feel always, like you've been watching these slow I know, burn a lot of, movies. A lot of slow lately. burns lately. Yeah, uh, but this is really good. But it does take a while to get to that like pivotal moment where it's like whoa, like this suddenly fucked up. Which I feel like is kind of a Paul Schrader thing. Sometimes he sort of makes you wait for that moment. And then all of a sudden it's like really impactful because you've been sort of stewing in it for a while, but uh, definitely not going to be for everyone's taste. Definitely a slow mover, but I, I enjoyed it. And then uh, Corey, we kind of talked about this a little bit on Instagram. I watched the movie creature <laughs> yep. as another yeah. sort of alien inspired type movie, a- AKA Titan find. Yeah. Titan find. Yeah. Uh, total alien ripoff. Ooh, and just, Pretty bad, in my opinion. Yeah, Contamination, I think, was a better of the alien ripoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of alien ripoffs that I prefer to this one. Even cheesy ones like uh, Shocking Dark is another yep. Italian one that's pretty fun. I have that um, um, uh, on DVD. One of uh, our fans sent it to me. I, I watched it. That's a that's a interesting film for sure. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of Terminator, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of Alien. Yep. Uh, yes. Uh, or, you know, you got big budget ones like Event Horizon and stuff like that. But this one... 80s low budget and it, it it almost had some parts where i was like this could be fun but i can't even fucking see what's happening it's so dark like you can sort of see the monster every once in a while the effects and the the gore are like are mostly obscured by the the lighting which is so shit um it does have klaus so, kinski in it though so you know it's got klaus kinski it's got ferris bueller's dad <laughs> yes it does it does <laughs> but there's some pretty bad acting too. Not not necessarily from those two, but from the rest of the cast. That is like, ooh, even uh, for this kind of movie, was stood out to me as pretty bad. But so yeah, that is a that is a destroy for me. Yeah, and, and I second that destroy. <laughs> James, what do you got? All right, let's see here. Uh, I watched 
Hotel Transylvania Transformia. Transformania. <laughs> Transformania. Yeah. Uh, watched it with a the Transformers kids. crossover for a second. <laughs> um, and I think it's complete garbage. I don't, I don't think it's that good. Is this like the newest? Is the newest it, one? It's the newest one. Um, not good. No. Uh, but you said the other ones were, were fun? Uh, I think they're okay. Like, I think the first one is the best one, but it's just, it's just kind of the same thing. Like, I feel like this is the fourth one, I believe. I didn't even watch the third one. They're Um, popping those out. And it's just kind of like, it's almost at a point of like, you know, when Shrek made like all these Mm spinoff ones, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, they're just trying to cash in now. So is that a DreamWorks uh, movie animation movie? I have no idea. That's a, I, that's a good question. I, there's not that many people doing animation yeah. on that level anymore, right? Yeah, I don't think so. So, yeah, I mean, basically you have DreamWorks and Pixar and Disney itself. Yeah. So. And yeah. at this point, I just you consider Pixar Disney also, you know? Right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Despicable Me, same kind of thing too, right? Where the first one is like funny, so it's a hit. So then they pump out a shitload of them and they got Minions. They got Minions and, and stuff, right. which, you know, the kids... A certain, I say, age group likes the Minions. Mm-hmm. They're fun to some degree. Uh, so, yeah, I would say pass. Just wa- re-watch Mitchell versus the Machines again. Uh, <laughs> We've pumped that, show, that yeah. movie a lot on our show. I, I would say that. Uh, then I watched MacGruber, <laughs> the movie. Oh, oh the movie. Oh, yeah, nice. so that I could... Uh, you know, watch that before I watch the show. I was right? like, tug, tug, <laughs> when he blows and, them all up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. It's, yeah, that movie kills me. Yeah. Are you and guys so watching I'm, the show? Yeah, I'm halfway through it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Okay, okay. I'm excited to see what the show will be like. So, yeah, other than that, I haven't really watched much. I tried to watch Asphalt Jungle, but didn't really work for me. So I'll have to get back to that. But uh, uh, yeah, that's about it. So, All right. Awkward transition into so, talking about this movie. Talking about <laughs> Pitch Black. I, I don't know. I guess I should have gone last and then I could have tied Creature into Pitch Black. In oh, yeah. Or... Speaking of Aliens ripoff, how about story idea for aliens three that wasn't used pitch black (laughs) there you go that that sounds that that sounds about right that tracks for me (laughs) yeah i think there's a trailer why why don't we find out if there's a trailer the trailer james roll the trailer (laughs) they say most of your brain shuts down in cryo sleep all but the animal side I guess that's why I'm still awake. If the man is gone, he's gone. Why should he bother us? Maybe to take what you got. Maybe to work your nerves. Is he really that dangerous? Only around humans. Jake! All you people are so scared of me. Whatever it is, it got Zeke and it nearly got me. Pitch Black, 2000 film. So, Corey, you picked this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the guest, you're allowed to pick whatever movie you wanted. Right, unless any you guys movie, have already any, done it. Any movie, right. unless we've already done it. 
and you picked Pitch Black. Which I was really so, surprised that you guys didn't already do this. Yeah, it's funny sometimes when uh, you think, oh, man, we've done so many movies and guests come on and they're like, oh, you already did this, you already did this. But then there's actually tons of stuff that we just haven't done. And then you think, oh, yeah, how did we not do yeah, that? Yeah, like Die Hard for some reason. <laughs> like Die Hard. Well, that's how, like, on <laughs> Podcast After Dark, we just did From Beyond, you know, by Stuart Gordon and with yeah. Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton. And it's like... That's one of the the movies that we actually or I actually made the podcast to review, and it took us you know three years to finally get to it because we just got to yeah. so many other things. But yeah, there's just so many movies out there. So so pitch black. That's the thing with like you know because we're putting it on a list, right? We have 185 movies on our list now. We've done over 200 episodes, so we've done movies that aren't action movies, but. We've done 185 action movies, <laughs> and that, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot, but there are so, so many, many more, <laughs> like so many. And anyways, I guess it's time to do Pitch Black. Dustin, why don't you read the synopsis? All right. When their ship crash lands on a remote planet, the maroon passengers soon learn that escaped convict Riddick isn't the only thing they have to fear. Deadly creatures lurk in the shadows waiting to attack in the dark. And the planet is rapidly plunging into the utter blackness of a total eclipse. With the body count rising, the doomed survivors are forced to turn to Riddick with his eerie eyes to guide them through the darkness to safety. With time running out, there's only one rule. Stay in the light. Total eclipse of the heart? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Nice! (laughs) Um, I've only watched this movie one time prior to this. I kind of feel like I need some, like... What what's the backstory of this movie? Did this movie just come out of nowhere? Did this was there like build up to this movie? <laughs> there were some like, trailers. Who, I think I think there were trailers before it came like, out. People, I got excited for it when I saw the trailers. Like where did this come from? <laughs> uh, Dustin, go. Well, you know, actually, I don't, I don't know a lot about the history of the movie being put together, but I remember when it came out, and it, it, I don't think it was like a big deal. Like it wasn't a huge movie. Like. Um, but I remember seeing it when he came out and liking it at the time. But Vin Diesel wasn't really an established dude yet. Like, he'd done a few things. He had a small role in Saving Private Ryan. He was in right. that Boiler Room, which was basically like a Glengarry Glen Ross remake. Yeah. And he was, the voice of, he was the voice of the Iron Giant. And then this was the next. So this was his first, like, leading role thing here, really. Uh, Corey, do you know a little bit about the background of this uh, one? I, I don't, to be honest with you. I know that uh, the director slash writer, David Tui, he also like wrote The Fugitive and G.I. Jane. So like mm-hmm. he had been around for a while. And but... Waterworld? Yeah. <laughs> hey, my, my <laughs> really? buddy Diallo loves that movie, by the way. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Diallo. Um, but uh, I, I do feel like this was kind of like him and, and uh, you know, Vin Diesel's sort of incepted baby type of thing, or at least... Vin Diesel has a lot more say in, in the character now than he did yeah, then. Yeah, going forward, he certainly did, yeah. Yeah, and, and as far as, like, fanfare, when this came out, I mean, I do remember people talking about it, and I kind of feel like this is what really kind of put put Vin Diesel, like, on the map as sort of people noticing him and everything. For sure, yeah. Um, And I do like, I watch this, and I love just how he is in it. I also love that he's not... He's the perfect amount of larger than life in this movie, you know, but after this, he just becomes more and more large, you know, but I remember walking out of the theater just being in love with this film from from the first 
like scene, like the first, you know, segment of the film, the crash and everything. I just thought it was done so well. And then all the things they do in the movie, I was like, this is freaking awesome. It like instantly went into like my, you know, current favorite lists, not unlike how Dread did and The Raid, like when those came out and everything. You just you see a movie mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, I love this. Like this was made for me specifically, it felt like. Well, watching, okay, so it's from 2000, and according to the trivia on IMDb, it does say that the film was developed from David Toya's unused idea for Aliens 3 involving a space prison. So I guess take that for what it's oh and you you can totally i mean uh, this is an obvious like aliens yeah type movie right like influenced by aliens i I mean so i've only i only seen this twice now watching it it is very much a 2000s movie (laughs) like very much the way it's shot and everything almost like that kind of for me was too much for me to handle but <laughs> you just needed a little new metal on the soundtrack yeah it's just <laughs> uh yeah no i get that i think i think there is definitely some 2000s cringe to it for me as well but there's a lot of things that it does right at the same time so it kind of balances out for me a bit um but yeah there is some there's definitely some like early aughts feeling where you're like you know there's the cg is is definitely of its time but uh, you know, built into the story is the darkness, which kind of obscures a lot of the stuff that might be overly bad in that in regard. But the beginning of the movie, the first part of the movie where they're, you know, it's still light out and they're in the desert. I, I, I do hate the look of the, the movie at that point. The yellow filter, the blue yeah. filter that just switches for no apparent reason. It feels very um, like tv looking you know it could kind yeah, of it's yeah. weird because it has like a tv look but then when like it gets sci-fi channel sci-fi kinda. channel like like uh if you guys ever saw that dune miniseries that sci-fi channel did <laughs> it kind of feels something like that um but then like at the same time i you know i thought that the the aliens like the cgi for the aliens actually doesn't look terrible for the time no and for the time yeah. Period, yeah and then he does some interesting like video toaster effects where like when they're about to crash he like flips the frame on on the girl to kind of show that her mom is like doing all kinds of crazy stuff right, and I feel yeah, like that yeah. kind of hides some of the the silliness and makes it so like kinetic but there is that middle part where everything is blue I'm with you there Dustin I'm not a big fan of that filter that's on everything but at the same time I, I got what he was doing he was trying to figure out how to show the different suns and the different times of day and I'm almost wondering yeah. if he didn't do those crappy filters we then it wouldn't have any sort of tracking on on when it was or anything like that so and it's it's budgetary constraints as well oh yeah for sure i'm sure a lot of it was budgetary stuff it's just that it does look hideous for that first chunk like once the eclipse happens i'm i'm fine with how it looks at that point but um it is it was hard to watch a little bit of some of that stuff it it's like the first part though like i don't know it's like it didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be. Cause like there was parts when Riddick escapes and they don't know where he is. It's like goofy. It's like, there's this one scene in particular that it's like an oceans 11 scene. The one guy is under the umbrella and then they move over to another area and they're like trying to look for something. Oh, I and laughed then, at that part. And then it looks and then he's over Riddick's he's over really there under the, the umbrella. umbrella. Yeah. Like that's like straight out of like a Ocean's was, Eleven. I thought that was funny. Yeah. It, but too. it's 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 so weird. 
I found it funny too, but I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, yeah, there's some, I guess there's some weird tonal stuff because you've got like the sort of hardcore, more tough guy elements, but then you do get, you do have some 2000s cheese in terms of some of the dialogue and, and stuff too. Yeah, like it's trying to be like, hey, you know, we're edgy, but we're also fun, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think it also kind of uh, stuff like that kind of, you know, lightens the mood. And, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, at the end of the movie kind of endeared to Riddick, you know, whereas we're not we're not supposed to like John's, you know, uh, Cole Hauser's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Wingshauser's son, Cole Hauser, who I love in this movie. I Holy think. shit. I never knew Cole Hauser was Wingshauser's son. Yeah, dude. The next oh, time you that watch makes it, so much sense. You can't un- you won't be able to unsee it. You'll see Wings in his face. I don't uh, know, I and know we that. have quite a love affair with Wingshauser over podcasting after dark we've reviewed uh three of his uh movies mutant vice squad and um la bounty with sybil danning and uh, okay i love vice squad That's yeah a great vice one. squad yeah he's he's a beast as ramrod in that but yeah so we got cole hauser who is has no like levity to him whatsoever <laughs> you know and everything mm-hmm. seems very bleak it's weird because vin diesel is supposed to be the monster of the movie although he's not but yet they give any kind of levity to him and honestly i think vin diesel pulls it off just just fine yeah you know i gotta say vin diesel strikes me as being pretty fucking cool in this movie like when i think of you know his career that happened afterwards like yeah fast and furious are fun and i can have some fun with triple x movies too but he's actually seems legitimately cool at this point to me in this movie uh not that all his lines are great or anything but i think he's pulling it off in terms of being this anti-hero and um you know, I like the way that the script sort of has him positioned. Like, yeah, it's aliens, but there's this extra layer of the team of people or the group of people has this guy that they think is kind of like a crazed killer to worry about as well. I think that actually adds some pretty fun stuff to the... Yeah, but he is a crazed killer. Well, sort of. I mean, he has killed people. He's not... I don't think he's crazy. I don't think he's as bad as we're, like, you know, Cole Hauser would have you believe, right? Like, he's... Yeah, so that, like... He's, he's a not morally a, he, gray character. He's not a cop, right? He's like a bounty hunter. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. You, in this universe, and, you know, just... So you all know, and the listeners he's, know... He's a cowboy. I, I love Pitch Black. I love Chronicles of Riddick. I love Riddick. I played the video game. So I'm, I'm, I love this You're freaking on board. universe. I'm on board. <laughs> and by the way, I will, I will die on the hill defending Chronicles of Riddick. I love that film. But... I, I do I've like, got to watch it again. Yeah. I, I do like how, you know, he, uh, Riddick here is a little bit toned down compared to what he becomes, you know, later. Um, but the the like you said the mercs like yeah Kohlhauser is a merc um i kind of lost my train of thought Kohlhauser's a merc so those are basically kind of like bounty hunters and then you got these like slams the these maximum security prisons that these bounty hunters can like basically turn people in and you know get money for and then it's 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 interesting it's an interesting concept and i feel like they they go they go too big in chronicles of riddick they really kind (laughs) of swing for the fences in that one and i think they're really trying to make their dune-esque you know epic Base sci-fi and and the reason I like it is because they actually try. I think that's kind of cool that they went there. Uh, but in this movie, I almost get the sense, and it's funny. I did not know that this was uh, originally supposed to be an alien, um, you know, three script. Uh, I always got the sense that this could take place in the the Wayland Utani aliens universe because right. the the what they wear and how they're talking and the way the ship looks, it doesn't look in this film 
as futuristic or fantastic as it does in Chronicles, as things do in Chronicles of Riddick. But here they look very sort of grounded in a in an aliens universe sort of way. Yeah, a little more drab and uh, yeah, not everything isn't fancy, shiny spaceships. It's uh, you know, old rundown materials and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I, this is kind of fun because it's a small story. And like you're saying, Chronicles gets way more expansive with all the mythology and stuff. But this is just like this small story that Riddick happens to be a part of. Um, and I, I like the world building where we're just getting kind of sprinkles of what this universe is like. I like that kind of thing in movies, especially sci-fi movies, where they're not giving you the full explanation of everything. It's just like, here, here's some little things to sort of chew on. Uh, some little morsels and you kind of form in your mind sort of oh that's what totally the best like. the best way to do it yeah because and to try and explain everything or like a flashback or some bullshit it just to me that would ruin it he's obviously trying to set up in this the desert the the bleakness of the planet and then the darkness to like then go back into something else would be Right. State. Yeah. And, and I'm or, glad yeah. they didn't do like an opening crawl, you know, telling you what it is. Because, I mean, as much as I love Star Wars and everything, and I think it's it's important there, a lot of times in sci-fi movies, you know, you got these long opening crawls and you're like, you could have just given us this these hints or I didn't even need to know some of that information. So I'm mm-hmm. with you, Dustin. I like how they just give you these little morsels. But you, I don't we don't know what planet they're on. We don't even know what like solar system they're in, you know, right. but it doesn't yeah. matter. We don't care because yeah. it's not important to the story at all. So why don't we just like work our way through the movie? It'll probably help us with yeah, hitting hitting key hitting points everything. And stuff. So basically, they're cruising along. They're in some kind of uh, like hyper sleep, sleep or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know. They get off of their i well, they, a highway of some they kind. Pass, or? They pass through the tail of a rogue comet. So right. the, the tail, the pieces of it. So that rogue comet wouldn't was not on the charts anyway. So they were always sort of in the right path, but that thing yeah. was in front of them. So when they go through the dust cloud, that's when they hit all the, the right, pebbles, the shrapnel shoot through, the shrapnel through, yeah. shoot through them. And, uh, you know, of course, Riddick says, uh, you know, in, in hypersleep, the only part of your brain that stays awake is your animal side, which is, of course, why he's still awake and everything. <laughs> Those are fun little, you know, things these little fun little nuggets and even the 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 sound design in this film i think is really good with like the there's a lot of stuff happening in this opening scene but there's no sound to it uh other than like sort of riddick talking and then you hear the occasional sounds of like some pebbles hitting something but you don't know what it is until it all goes to shit right, right. and then like the captain guy is killed uh right like the actual Instantly, captain is yeah. killed and then we see rada mitchell's character and this other guy trying to like land the ship because it's going to crash now that they've hit this thing. This sequence I really like, like yeah. you were saying, Corey. Like it's, I think the crash sequence is excellent. I especially like these character moments that they set up right at the beginning with Rada Mitchell, where she is going to dump the passengers so that they have a better chance of landing safely. She's going to she's going to kill them right off the bat. Um, I thought that was really interesting because you know the movie. She's sort of a ma- at least a a main character in the movie. So yeah. well, she's, to set she's her up top with build. that. I mean, it, yeah, Vin yeah. Diesel isn't even number one billing on this. So no, he's her. I think he's third billing, yeah. right? Because yeah. he wasn't he wasn't anything at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I like that they have that moment right at the beginning where we're like, oh, this is an interesting character moment right off the start where she's maybe she's not that great. Like she's gonna murder these people, not murder them, but she's gonna 
let them die so that she can live. She's, right? she's well, I no don't know. Hero. You know, that's sort of that's yeah. her thing. She's like, I'm not a hero. And, and there's like no heroes in this movie. Like, that's the thing. Actually, yeah. the only hero probably in this movie was the navigator guy who held yeah. the door open. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens to him? He gets, you know, killed horribly for it. So, <laughs> yeah. right. I would say, you know, in watching this movie, I would definitely dump the the people. <laughs> James, I, I think no this, compunction from James. He would yeah. dump them. I would dump them. You're like they're all trash. Kill them all. I'm like, I'm like, I've seen uh, Pitch Black, so I, I know what happens here. <laughs> um, yeah, so they crash land. I think they, they, you know, everyone kind of wakes up at different. Everyone points. comes out of their sleep, and then. Now, someone explain the kid to me. This kid was a stowaway. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was a stowaway, and and you know everyone thinks she's a boy. She kind of like puts herself off like that, you know, so that people mm-hmm. don't sort of. It's probably safer for her that way. But yeah, she was just a stowaway, which is probably the one thing you have to sort of like. Eh, How just do you stow away? Because like, yeah, because that's what I'm thinking. I was like, okay, I was like, did I misunderstand? Like. She's a stowaway, but they're all in like a sleep state. So, yeah. so what is she? She's just hanging out in the in the fucking panels of the ship. And, like, and I, I imagine like space travel, like everything is weighed so precisely, you know. So yeah, that that's kind of the one whole thing that you just got to sort of go with. But yeah, she's a stowaway. Also, you know, the reveal that she is a girl, or you know, later on, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, <gasps> she's a girl. Like, you know, not her, her. And it's like, <laughs> like, what? How is this a surprise? I, I was kind of surprised that they were su- making a surprise out of this. <laughs> I, I was kind of like, I actually forgot. Why, why forgot is this that. even like a plot point? Because it's like, obviously, she's a girl. Like, I, I totally forgot that she was a girl. I was <laughs> what? thinking she was really? a boy through the movie. Yeah. I mean, teenage boys are awkward and weird, and she's awkward. The whole and weird. time, I'm like, "Yeah, that's a girl." <laughs> <laughs> I do like I do like her worship of Riddick. Um, she's just like, yeah, kind of you know wants to be like him and thinks he's so cool and stuff. But and he is, so she's right. <laughs> I do feel like they should have made that character younger. Yeah, I, I mean, we're coming off of doing Temple of Doom. He's short round. Short round. It's like the perfect age to like look up. Well, at not Dan for Yen. John. John had a lot of questions well, about fuck. short round. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. <laughs> but I feel like you know, it's like the perfect age. You know, he's looking up to Indiana Jones. I feel like so this girl or boy you're led to believe is, I guess, a teenager, mm-hmm. and looking up to. Ri- well, I mean, we, I would peg what maybe thirteen, fourteen at the most, kind <clears> of, <throat> if I had to guess. Right. But I mean, like, they don't talk about how long they've been in this state, though. No, they? that's that is those are some details that aren't there, right? Like, we don't know how long they've been in the hypersleep or whatever. Like, has this kid aged ten years? I I don't <laughs> you know? get the like, sense that it's like that. I don't get the sense that it's like Ripley, you know, between alien and aliens type of thing. You know, I I, I never got the sense of that. I feel like I felt like this was more of like it's probably like a month or something that they're traveling, probably. You know. Right. Because it also doesn't look like that big of a ship. But, like, you know, I get what you're saying, James. Like, the 
what's the point of having her a girl? Just make her a girl. Like if she's clearly like we all know she's a girl, and I think that's that's except where for the, me. You know, <laughs> except for Dustin. And I think that's for like you know the writer was probably like okay, but we want to do this hero worship thing, and of course if she was a boy, we would we would all understand it. But I think in 2022, we would be all be okay if a young girl hero worshipped somebody like Riddick, and that would be acceptable. But I think. Wow. 22 years ago, that was uh, because I think in my head 20 years ago was the 80s. But uh, 20 years ago in the year 2000, I think that might have been a little bit of a tough pill to swallow for a young girl to idolize somebody as as masculine as as Riddick, Richard B. Riddick. (laughs) Yeah. And 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 everyone else is like afraid of him. Like we have that scene where that uh, is that an Aussie guy or a New Zealand guy that gets like taken into the ground by the creatures yeah. into the caves and killed. Right. And they think Riddick did it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, okay. Like Which that, that point, one, the one woman is like kicking the shit out of him and stuff. Yeah. They're afraid of him, right? Like he's, yeah, they're, I get it. They're afraid of him, but like, Oh, I'm going to go in this hole to find out what's going on. It's like, what are you doing? It's classic horror movie stuff. It, it is classic <laughs> horror movie stuff, but it's just like, this is the dumbest thing <laughs> yeah. you could possibly do. In, it's just in the, the movie's kind of... defense, once she gets out of that hole, she does say, that was so dumb. Like, she, she even, like, kind of yells at oh, herself. Oh, she follows in yeah, to see. Yeah, ex- yeah. yeah. so she at least she calls it out, like, why am I such an idiot for doing this, you know? And Riddick, you know, he's, I don't know, do you think that she would die? Because he's like, why don't you go in there and find out what happened to so-and-so? Uh, but, like, okay, so Riddick says, like, right off the bat, He's like, oh, you shouldn't be afraid of me. Right. You should be afraid so, of what's, what's so, here with us kind of thing. Yeah, so that leads you to believe that he just knows. Well, he saw that guy get munched on, right? So he knows it wasn't him that did it. So he knows there's something uh, on the planet. And they see, they, they find all these, like, skeletal remains of these giant creatures. Right. Um, I guess they could have just been killed by being in the desert, but they all are in a row. Like, they died Apparently, at the same time. There was a scene that they wanted they wanted to do where those creatures were some of them were still alive and there was a scene where these aliens uh eat them. Oh, that would have been cool. But it would have been probably a lot of CG to, yeah, to watch exactly. that, right? But I'd like the, I actually like this more of just seeing the bones. Like yeah. that's a fun kind of thing too to me in a movie like this where it's just one of those details of like It's like going to Scar's is- Boneyard. <laughs> flashback to the lion king sure but or it's like you know like the old star wars stuff where we saw you a just see dragon skeleton in, in the desert yeah right yeah and you just like oh there's the idea that there's these other types of creatures and other types of cultures that we're not really aware of that the you know over eons of time the sands have kind of covered right. this and right. it's just a fun kind of thing that gets you itchy to find out more right i mean i have to admit like the 2000 this wasn't on my radar i, I mean i was 15 yeah. so this definitely wasn't on my radar i wasn't like let's go see this movie 15 <laughs> this should have been on your radar yeah. man this is <laughs> I was like, no. I was, at 15 no. i would have been like let's go see this no <laughs> but yeah James I, was I do football. i'm dustin I like, <laughs> yeah i like adam the sandler movies too um the the I like seeing the skeletons there, not actually seeing the creatures. You know what I mean? Yeah, we and we don't need to see the, the creatures. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, some of this is like you're saying, James, is probably budgetary restraint stuff. Yeah, but then in, in some ways it actually favors the movie because if we'd seen the creatures getting eaten by the we, first of all, we don't need to see the the, the pitch black creatures until 
everything gets dark. We shouldn't see them before that really properly. Yeah, totally. And the CG wouldn't have looked good anyway, right? Like if we had a full if we had a daylight scene of one of those things getting eaten, like No. Uh it makes sense that it would be in the dark. Like it all makes sense. Like espe- like budgetary what, you know, obviously they're working within what they have, but yeah, to have it that there's the eclipse. I mean, the whole story of like, oh, they they find this model and then they're like, oh, wait, the eclipse, it's going to happen today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Again, though, it's like classic movie stuff where you just have to kind of go with some of that stuff. Right. Like, yeah, it's absurd that they happen to land on the planet yeah. on the day when they're going to enter, like however long this eclipse lasts for. Yeah. But it's just a fun setup. Like they go to the they find this camp where these geologists had been. And they find these models that suggest that this is what's going to happen with because there's three suns here on this planet. Wait, did did they suggest that the eclipse would last a month? They didn't know how long it was going to last. They but the but the planets then rotated in consecutive orbit or something like that. And they even said like it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a year. They they don't know, you know. But I think no matter what. It's not a good amount of time. I mean, it, meaning like you're screwed either way. If it's a day, you're screwed. If it's a year, I mean, you're gone in a day anyways. I mean, my other question is like, okay, so the, it doesn't get dark there for like years and years and years. Right. Not fully because there's always at least one of the suns is up, I think. Right. So like what the hell do these things live off of? Yeah, no, that's that is definitely something I thought about, too. But we do see a scene later where they're like attacking each other. So I wonder if they're a bit uh, cannibalistic, maybe, or something, if they need to be. Hmm. Um, did anyone get, you know, it's jumping ahead, but did anyone get why they were attacking each other later in the movie at that mo- that one moment? I took it as um, at that point, they're going to like they've already eaten. You know, they've already probably come out and do their thing. Now they're going to kill each other so that the the ones that are the strongest are the ones that are going to uh, breed. Yeah, so and, and this funny thing is I take that idea from um, a Starship Trooper, a Dark Horse Comics Starship Troopers prequel <laughs> comic where they go to Clendathu like this like you know it's a little mission that goes to Clendathu it actually has Radchek with his hand and everything and the same thing happens in that comic book the all the warriors start killing each other but it's it's to weed out the weak ones um, so that you can only have mm. the strongest and the best breeding so I, I honestly took it as that's what they were doing in Pitch Black as well I mean that makes sense obviously it's not stated at all explicitly in the movie but that that's a, a good idea I think I mean, killers be killing. So, <laughs> well, let, let me ask you, James. Uh, what did you think of the creature design? Like, not the CGI itself, like the implementation, but like just the design of how it looked. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember. It's kind of like a pterodactyl style, a little like, bit. Yeah, a with a with a hammerhead, like sort of eyes on the side type of thing. I did kind of like that point where Riddick he somehow looking at the skull in the boneyard figures out that there's a blind spot and he does his whole like head you know (laughs) and it's like okay like i'm getting like jurassic park kind of feel in in that scene because i don't think there's a scene like that in jurassic park i just feel like that's a jurassic park kind of thing right he's like imitating the dinosaur yeah yeah so I actually like the design. I like, uh, I forget who it is, but the p- 
point where he like blows himself up or something, oh. and then all of a sudden you see all of them. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. The 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 guy that has all the alcohol with him. Yeah, the British guy or whatever. Um, the antiquities have, dealer. Yeah, we haven't actually talked about Riddick's eyeballs, which <laughs> well, is a big now, factor in this, this movie. Yeah, so this story, he tells a story, right? Like, so he he's in prison for like ten years or something. I, I can't remember. Yeah, he's in this dark prison for yeah. quite a and, quite a period of time. And he says, like, you get to a point where you pay some guy this money to do a surgery on your eyes so that you can see or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so they can see in the dark. So yes. People can't sneak up on you and stuff. Which kind of implies that, you know, there's probably other people out there, you know, lifers right, in, have, in these right. like max super max prisons or something uh, that have the eye shine. And then moving forward in the series, you find out that that was like a lie that he kind of tells to sort of, you know, cover up the fact that, He's more special than than we want to be led to believe. But if you just look at the movie from this point right here, you know, it's just it's it's not typical. I I didn't take it like it's a typical thing that prisoners would do. But maybe the ones that were the most hardcore and the, the, the lifers, the ones that are completely just in the system forever, they will get something like this done, you know. But yeah, yeah. And you do have that scene at the beginning where uh, he's handcuffed to that beam and he, he does that thing with his arms. Oh, yeah, he uh, dislocates his uh, Yeah, now arms. apparently he can actually do that with... Yeah. Um, he couldn't do it with the handcuffs because yeah. it was too close, but apparently Vin Diesel can actually do that. Get out of here. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's a sick individual, okay? Sick That's individual. why they chose him to play Riddick. Yeah, exactly. Do that thing. Um, I do like the eye thing, though. Like, it's a it's a cool little, you know, addition to the story where... Well, he looks I mean, cool when he's wearing his goggles. He looks cool when he's wearing goggles, but he looks cool when his eyes are shiny, Yeah, totally. Too. I, mean, he, I mean, let's be honest. He looks fucking great in this movie at this point. He's a young dude, and he's looking cool. He's looking good. I like it just because he is not only is he kind of more suited to this environment than the rest of these characters in this group um, and more like able to take on the challenges. But he has the eyes too to like be the one that has to become sort of the leader in a sense. Well, of course, it, it, uh, everything uh, yes. lines up perfectly, well, yes, just it, like the fucking <laughs> planets line up. Right. Well, but it's also cool that, that the eyes they aren't just, you know, a benefit. They actually have drawbacks, too. When he's uh, kind of trying to escape mm-hmm. at the beginning, uh, when it's still sunny out, one of the things that, you know, uh, Johns does when he kind of knocks him to the ground, he takes his goggles off. And then you see how uh, what it looks like from Riddick's point of view. And everything is right. just so bright, he can't even see anything. And then moving forward into the other films, it's something they they always factor in. And I do like that. They never forget the fact that it's, it's a hindrance to him in daylight you know so he always has to wear goggles and stuff like that um but i mean at the end of the day you know when i saw this i I was what was i 21 20 something like that um i was just like i mean he looks so cool with those those contacts i mean it's it's neat that he can see in the dark but also too it looks really freaking cool so apparently those contacts were like a prototype and I guess after the first day of filming with them, they couldn't get them out. Oh. And they had to fly in a specialist from the nearest town to get them out of his eyes. Shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> dedication right there. Yeah. 
Um, and we haven't and we haven't brought up Keith David yet. Keith David is in this fucking movie uh, in a very different role. I feel like for what we sort of think of him, um, you know, you think of like They Live or or something like that or The Thing, and he's usually like a badass. Um, but in this, he's the religious guy. He's the imam. Um, and with a bunch of Muslim characters following with him too, AKA which I also thought the, was the interesting. Fodder, sadly, yeah, they. I mean, there's a group of them, so they end up being a lot of the cannon fodder. I did think it was interesting though, because I feel like a lot of movies, like if this had been made in the eighties or nineties, it would have been a Christian group that was with them on their ship. So I, I thought that was interesting that they just changed the, the complexion up a little bit. I mean, this is this is where it falls into the the trope, right? Mm-hmm. And it just it didn't. It wasn't utilized very well. It like, could have been utilized a lot better. Yeah, there was th- there is some stuff between Keith David and and Riddick that I think I know is they're good. talking about religion or something. Yeah, I think that like, part's good. But but with I guess all I've the just seen it so many times. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been done. But a lot of this movie has been done. It's just like how well does it do it? Right, right, right. Well, totally. my favorite thing with the the religion discussion and where it sort of lands, you know, you know, Keith David and Riddick are kind of going back and forth. Riddick's like, "Where's your God now?" type of thing. And uh, you know, at the end of the movie. Riddick, you know, kind of has that change of heart and, and saves them and everything, the last of the remaining characters. And, and Keith David's like, there's my God, Dr. Riddick. And I'm like, or not Dr. Riddick, whatever, you know. But, <laughs> Dr. but Riddick. Dr. Riddick, I don't know where the doctor came from. <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. but I was like, yeah. I like where, it. I was like, yeah, where, where's your God? I mean, you lost like three or four of your your disciple guys, you know, and, and mm. your God saved you. So you're saying that is your God not care about the other people that died? I just didn't feel like they in horrible they, ways. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I just wasn't buying it. It just it just felt like, yeah, my God is he just killed all your people. You're lucky that you're alive, you know? I don't know. I I thought that I, was a little weak sauce. I did find that that scene where um he's fighting with uh I I forget her name. What's her name? Rada Mitchell. I don't yeah. remember her character's name. Um, Fry. He's fight. He's Fry. fighting with her because he's trying to leave, right? And then you know she she tries to fight. She tries to pull the like I I'm the captain now yeah. kind of card, right? And mm-hmm. it doesn't work at all. <laughs> and then he says, "You're willing to die for these people? Yeah, I am." Interesting. <laughs> it's just like, I honestly laugh so hard when he's like, interesting. Well, the part that I laughed at that I thought was they could have done a couple more takes on was when he's, I can't remember exactly what she says to him when she comes to the ship with, you know, she's got the light and she's the only one who makes it there. She leaves Keith David and uh, the kid back in the cave. And he's about to take off and leave them there. And, and she, I can't remember what she says to him. Oh, she's like, are you scared? And he's like, me? Ha! <laughs> like the way that he laughs. I was like, we probably could have done a couple more takes on that to make it seem a little more natural. Yeah. Yeah, um, my, mine was uh, when Fry get, gets it. And he's like, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> I, I laughed my ass off. And so did my wife. She, she watched this with me, too. She, uh, yeah. she loves this movie as well. So, she, so it did not take much convincing. I was like, hey, I got to watch uh, Pitch Black for Action Action. She's like, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I would never get my wife to watch this. I don't think. I mean, I think she's probably seen it already. Yeah, my wife was not interested at all. <laughs> um, but I mean, I do have to say, like, it's very easy to fuck up 
a sci-fi aliens uh, CG movie. Mm -hmm. Very easy. So in that way, they did a lot of, you know, smart decisions. I, you know, like we talked about where they have like the boneyard, you know, the, the, the creepiness, the darkness, there's a lot of stuff you don't see. And when you do see the CGI, you're like, okay, you know, it's not, I can live with it. Yeah. It's not terrible. I can definitely live with it. Um, I think one so, of the worst CGI's was when the the one prospector girl gets like ripped in half by the swarm. Yeah, of, uh, yeah. and 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 that could have been like such like an awesome death, you know. But it's mm-hmm. so 2000 CGI. It, it just yeah. it does not hold up well at all. It feels all. very much a part of its time. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, and that's uh, sadly. I just I think some of the deaths are kind of like that. Like even Cole Hauser, you know, he had a, he had a decent death, and but even it kind of like had to be. I I felt like it cut a little bit short because of maybe what they could do with with CGI and everything when the thing bites his head. And it's just like, yeah, at the end of the day, I wish it was practical. And I think for me, what kind of like doesn't make, you know, make this not like an actual perfect <coughs> film is, yeah, some of the deaths just aren't as cool as I kind of hope that they would have been. And maybe if they would have done them now with practical effects, maybe they would have been. I think sometimes when I'm watching like stuff like this, uh, I almost see it conceptually for what it should have been. And then I, and then it kind of fills in in my brain. So like the Cole Hauser death with him getting his head chomped on, it worked enough for me that I'm able to sort of see it, how it should have been. And same, even with the woman being torn in half, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's not super, doesn't really super hold up, but I can see what it should have been. So then I like, don't even like necessarily think too much about how Mm. it, how bad it actually looked on screen. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, but I have to kind of separate that in my mind and be like, okay, but this is what it actually was <laughs> or whatever. But, yeah. um, but I think there's some cool stuff with once it's dark and they're being stalked by the creatures and, um, you know, they're fighting in the basement. I think the fight between Riddick and, uh, and Cole Hauser is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Like just the whole idea of them having to fight in this, with this going on around them is just fun. Right. Like the whole setup, everything works in that way. Like, it's like an extra bit of tension. Like you're having this like hand to hand fight to the death. Well, basically someone's going to die because someone's going to get eaten by these things or whatever. Right. And like, that's the thing um, with these creatures. They're just doing their own thing. It's not like they're, they're actually trying to hunt them. They just happen to be around. I, I get the impression that there's just so many of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That not, it doesn't. They're, they're not evil or anything. They're just creatures. no, no. They're just yeah. creatures. And hey, if they notice you, yeah, they're gonna come after you. But other than that, they're just you know, they're killing each other. So <laughs> yeah, you know, they're just doing their thing. <laughs> they, these poor bastards just happen to get in the way. Now, I yeah. do want to throw a character moment at you guys and get your opinion on it. It's uh, it's in the well, early in the first act or whatever when they're kind of like looking for Riddick through the boneyards and and uh, Fry and the the uh, she co-pilot whatever and Cole Hauser. Uh, John's have this like exchange with Riddick behind them without them knowing it. Right. And he kind of pull, puts his knife up to her head. Like you think he's going to kill her. And then she says, this is when she like, re- you know, tells John's like, Oh, I, you know, I'm not your captain or something like that. Like I would, I was actually going to kill you guys. I didn't do it. But, and he's like, oh, okay, I'm, I, I'm more happy than, than I was to be alive. You know, that whole exchange. But when Riddick finds out that, that she's not the captain and she's not, or she was going to like maybe purge the whole, the whole, 
passenger section. He kind mm-hmm. of changes. It looks like he goes from t- to kill her to just pop her, her hair off, right? To cut her hair and then blow it. So my question is, was he going to kill her? Like, was that the original plan? Because if so, I mean, that's a pretty evil thing to do. And at the end of the movie, we're, you know, he has a whole redemption arc and everything. So was he going to kill her in that moment until she said that those words? I don't know if he was going to kill her. I think the movie is at that point wants to bait you into thinking that Riddick is, you know, is he this really bad? Like, is he like a serial killer? Is he like this really awful murderous scum that, that, Johns would have us believe that he is. And so I think they're just sort of playing with that to be like, okay, is he that person? But yeah, from a character perspective, I wonder he saw her as morally more conflicted at that point and was like, okay, she's kind of like me. I'm not going to kill her. (laughs) I do think it's a little weird that he cuts her hair and like smells it and (laughs) blows it away. Yeah. I, I think that you're led to believe that he was going to kill her, but why would he start with her though? Why wouldn't he stab Johns? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was just he ha- he's in there and she's, she's her like, back she's is a, to him. Right. Uh, during that scene, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing though? Like, obviously they could see him. Like, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Anyways, I, I do f- find it odd that he did cut her hair. Did, did, he blow, did he blow he it, away? it away? Oh, I, think, I was um, thinking he was going to put it into like some kind of satchel or something. <laughs> keep it for later. Keep it for later. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That was the other thing. Was like, was it? Did he do that because he was like in prison for so long and he wanted to like sniff a woman's hair in some weird, creepy way or something like that? Uh, I don't know. It was kind of a weird thing for him. Well, to do. Uh, I guess. I guess this is where you know he's a good guy because he's not trying to like bone some woman because if if he was a bad guy Mm. and he was just released and he was in prison he'd be trying to rape women that's usually how it plays out with prisoners that's a trope that we see for sure a lot of times well they even said that in uh predators walton goggins character was like that's five o'clock time to rape and then you know (laughs) great movie by the way predators not the predator (laughs) that's the the only one uh well actually no we still got to do predator 2 and and predators on our show i I love predators and i love predator 2 (laughs) predator 2 I think is awesome. I do too. <laughs> it's do fantastic. Too, <laughs> All right, we better get to it. I can't year. wait to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, what do you guys think about the group in general, like as a group of mixed type of characters? Because there's tons of movies like this where we see a group the ragtag the, group the different people. personalities yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so there's the antiquities dealer that you're led to believe has a lot of money and he made a mistake on going the cheap route. Right. Right. Taking this journey on this ship. Um, So there's him, there's Riddick, there's the bounty hunter. And then there's the kid. There's the kid. And then there's the woman that, um, the prospector. Yeah. She's the prospector. Oh, she's a prospector. Okay. And there's like the New Zealand guy or he might've been Australian. (laughs) Forgive me listeners from, (laughs) from that neck of the woods. If I'm wrong. Uh, that gets eaten pretty early. Right. There's the guy that comes stumbling up to the ship because he got separated when they crashed, and then that <laughs> that guy kill the guy kills him. Yeah. Yeah. Shoots him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not I, much of that gets really talked about. He just blows that guy away, and then he's like, next scene. He's just dragging his body over where he he dragged the other bodies from the crash. I I think like you know, 
I think it's good enough. I think that the antiquities dealer, like, sure, you know. It feels like some of that could have been spruced up a little with the yeah. other characters. Like, and yeah. like we were saying, like, the Muslim characters kind of get a bit of short shrift. Like, we don't get the idea of what they're doing on their trip uh, really fleshed out at all. So I feel like the group, like, they're basically fine in terms of this kind of movie. But the focus is so much on Riddick and Rada Mitchell and John's that we kind of lose a little bit about what's going on with the rest of these. I feel like there should have been like a scientist or something to like try to bring some of, of the, that kind of feel into the movie. Um, Explain a little bit. They could be like into what's going on with the eclipse and all that stuff. Yeah. I think that would have enhanced it. Um, But I kind of get the picture. These people are just here to die. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Serve a purpose you know, have a death scene. And for a movie like this, I mean, this could have easily felt like such a C-level, cheesy, you know, schlocky film, but I think everybody, all, you know, all the characters here, all the actors, I think they all did a damn good job kind of elevating it higher than it, I think it had any right to ever be, because this could have just gone straight to video. Like, I feel like it just narrowly missed that, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. because I think everyone's bringing their A game here. And yeah, they might not have, you know, so much uh, meat to chew on for the characters, but I think they're doing the best they can. It's not my favorite ragtag group of, you know, people to be stuck in the in this uh, sort of situation. But it's also not my least favorite. You know, I, I think everyone does a solid job and you care about the people you care about. You know, the people that die are the ones you expect to die. And and when like Fry dies, I'm like, oh, no, that, you know, even I'm like, no, not for Riddick. No, <laughs> you know, like she yeah. didn't deserve that because I liked her arc and everything. But I also like, you know, Riddick's arc, too. But I think honestly, I think the 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 real win that they had here was Cole Hauser uh, versus Riddick because I mean even here Vin Diesel is freaking huge and you have to you got to really put somebody uh, against him who you think can can go toe to toe with them and obviously mm-hmm. first thought will be like oh put another muscle bound dude and it's like no Cole Cole Hauser's not like a muscle bound dude but you can tell like he's a big dude and everything but man he, he plays, has an aura of toughness he, about him he right does he has an aura of toughness about him and he just looks like he's a he's a hard ass and then on top of it you know i love how the movie it plays with everything it's like okay you think he's a cop although you find out later he's a merc but you think he's a cop but he's the asshole you know then you think uh riddick's the the bad guy but he's actually maybe not the bad guy fry you think at first she's the bad guy because she wants to purge everybody but then she becomes you know kind of the leader and everything so it's uh, they they kind of present something to you for these characters and then they kind of flip it and do like a, a, a 180 on it and you're like okay all right cool i i like that um but it, for me the hinge, you know, the the triangle is Rhoda Mitchell, Cole Hauser, and, uh, uh, you know, Riddick. And, yeah, Keith David's awesome, and I love Keith David, but I do kind of it's believe— not one of his best—not one of his best roles. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> if you think about it, if he wasn't in this movie, like, if that character didn't exist— nothing would have changed. Like nothing different would have happened. You could have just had four other nondescript, just people there getting killed and not have it be his, his, you know, his, his people that he's with. But, uh, so sadly, like even though Keith David's in it, I don't ever think of this as like a Keith David film, you know? Yeah. I've totally forgot he was even in it. I haven't, I haven't seen this since, you know, shortly after it had come out. So, uh, I had forgotten a lot about it. 
Um, so it was f- kind of fun to watch again in that regard. But yeah, it, it, that's the thing I was trying to get at. It was sort of like, yes, the triangle of those three characters is the, where the focus is, it, is. But like, I like when we have a ragtag group in movies and they give you enough with the, those characters that you care a bit when they actually die. They're not just fodder. It has a bit of an impact when they're killed. Whereas in this, oh, yeah, okay, that person's eaten, that person's eaten, that like, And we don't really care too much as long as we're we've still got these three other characters that we're focused on i actually think it would have been like if you didn't have keith david um in it instead you had so you know you have the bounty hunter you have riddick maybe if they had like two three more prisoners and Mm, you have like their kind of like backstory now riddick has to either kill them or they get killed by the creatures because those guys are actually bad guys. Right. Riddick's not actually a bad dude. Actually, that's a, that's an interesting idea. I think that yeah. would have added more um, because then you would have had, well, the bounty hunters kind of outnumbered at times, but then like Riddick flips and, but the bounty hunter still doesn't trust Riddick. You know, you could have all that kind of. Yeah, I, th- you definitely could have done something with that. I think it's an interesting idea. Could have added something to it. Of course, you know the movie gets more and more bloated in that case too. But but maybe you lose you know you lose the whole imam and his crew and all that stuff so that you can have that element in the movie or something. Well, because uh, I don't think that adds anything though. Yeah, I think yeah. it could have, but it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like so. the fact that like Johns is you know a morphine addict and he and we know the reason you know the reason for it is he's got that piece of shiv in his spine from riddick so you're like okay that's a little bit of sympathy but then at the same time you also find out that he had that morphine that he could have given that navigator guy you know who died at the beginning of the movie and everything and so right. of course fry's kind of upset that you know he that guy had to die in pain and everything so there's all these just these gray areas and and whatnot and you know john's response is hey he was already dead his brain just didn't know it you know and it's like does well, that make I agree. it better you know like <laughs> <laughs> you know so but it's cool I, I like all of that little stuff and you know dustin you said it earlier it's like it, they give you these little morsels that kind of give you these character moments and, and that's it that it's i didn't you didn't have to make him a morphine addict and then on top of it you didn't have to kind of bring to attention that he could have given the morphine to that to the navigator guy to ease his pain but all of those things come <laughs> to our attention and they kind of create a picture of john's that you know they don't tell us but we have that picture in our head and i think it's fairly accurate i think what he does say though when he talks about that piece of metal that he has in him that he could have got it removed doesn't he say something like i could have got it removed but it's like no, there they, to they remind me they or something no. oh they couldn't remove it mm. and in in the fact and he said he can feel he can always feel it touching his his spinal cord so he says something like he says something like how I feed my nerve endings is my own business, which is basically implying right. like I need the morphine for me. That other guy was already dead. His mind didn't know it, but I need this morphine because I'm alive and I'm living with this pain every single second. So you're like in and of itself, that idea right there, you're like, okay, maybe he's not that bad of a guy, but now that you have the whole entire situation and everything, you're like, okay, yeah, you're, you're, you're an asshole. You could have parted with one of those morphines and given it to him, you know, let alone shoot it into your well, own eyeball. Ad- we know, and we know like an addict is always going to protect Ex- their own, their own high, right? Yep, exactly. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a lot, a bunch of gray stuff and a bunch of cool character shit 
that again, you didn't have to put into like a, it could have just been a a stupid ass you know alien movie. You know, you didn't have to put in. Yeah, these I mean, cool there's a lot things. of movies from this period of time that were, you know, a lot dumber and a lot more straightforward, trying to do this same type of thing that that were just. I mean, not executed nearly as well. Watch but. like Starship Troopers two, the shitty ass <laughs> no sequel, thanks. and you'll. I mean, it's fucking horrible. But you'll see like that is. Like, that's what this movie could have been, but for some reason, Pitch Black isn't, you know? Like, it came out not like that, and that movie was a straight-to-video piece of crap alien schlock, you know? Right. I do really like Rada Mitchell's arc in this because of that way that we talked about. Like, she starts out with that moment of she's going to kill them, and then she feels this guilt throughout the rest of the movie and becomes this person who's trying to protect them. That all totally works for me, and I think that's that was a smart way to go to set it up like that and then she having to be the one to convince Riddick him knowing cuz he was there lurking behind her he knows he knows this stuff about her that she was going to make that choice and now he sees her wanting to save the people i think that's what he finds so interesting oh. <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah uh, you talking about it is like oh that's what he's trying to get at which is just like I guess, <laughs> but just his delivery, delivery and is, how he says funny, it. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't say it that way, but something something that stood <laughs> out, though. Yeah. And I always took it like, you know, he sees a kindred spirit, possible kindred spirit right. in her. And I think as humans, we're always looking for like either validation for what we do or how we are. And, and we get that through other people who maybe feel the same way as we do about things. So he's like, he finds out that, oh, OK, you're not the captain. And oh, you were going to kill us all. And, and, you know, to save your own ass. Well, I, I understand that I can get behind that. And at some point, maybe I can convince you to understand my way as well now in in the movies that came after this do they explain why he was in prison well no it's not like specifically why he was in prison but uh so he's the last of his race uh called furians from from furia um he's the last of his kind essentially which is just a a a warrior race you know and uh there's Mm. no like you know why he was in prison i think he just was a badass his entire life and you know being a warrior in like civilized society you're probably going to wind up in prison um but his eyes got shined from that from this like mystical thing um and then in riddick the third movie they really tried to get away from all of that in part two and bring it back to essentially this size of a movie and again that could have gone so wrong on so many levels because Riddick, Riddick did Chronicles of Riddick did go wrong on a lot of levels. I still fucking love it and I don't care, you know, like uh, for its faults, but it did kind of overstep where it needed to go and they wanted to rein it back in. And they also did a good job of, of keeping that still canon, you know, keeping Chronicles of Riddick still a part of his, of his history in the third movie, but, but making it a believable way to bring him back to like a, a bit of a human element. And it's almost like a, a three movie arc in and of itself. Mm. Uh, the, you know, the third movie I also saw 
And I literally remember nothing about it except that Katie Sackhoff from uh, yes. Battlestar Galactica was in it. Yes. For some reason, that's the only thing I can remember about it. But now that I watched this movie, I, I feel like I need to go back and, and rewatch the second and third one just so that it's kind of in, firmly in my mind what the, the overall story of it is. Do you feel like this movie... This, so this movie came out in 2000. Do you feel like it a unique time in the sense of like a movie like this couldn't come out in theaters today i don't think like no. this is very indie yeah like, well it was low budget i feel like there was just more of that through the 90s and and aughts like i feel like there was more of these level of movies happening um well it's kind of like oh okay that's a cool idea cool concept let's take a shot let's let's try it yeah now we i don't have an think... unproven cast that aren't exactly stars but we can for a certain amount of money we can put this out and see if it if it gets an audience like see can. see maybe you could get this as like a netflix movie nowadays right but see netflix movies have a certain Trash i don't quality. know I, yeah i don't know what it is but it's like this is a netflix movie like you can tell yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, James. Like it's yeah. Ne and yes, Netflix films are the dumping ground of the film industry. So they're usually trash um, or they're you know at least a C. Um, I, I think I think you're right in this day and age. And if it came out like exactly the same, I think it probably would have dropped on Netflix. But I think it would have been one of the better Netflix films. Like people would have talked about it or something, you know, and maybe it would have been. Uh, no, nah, I don't think this would have been better served as a series or anything. I think. Everything you see here is what you need to see in this movie, you know, but the real yeah, question that's what is, I like about this one is that it is a small self-contained thing and it's not it's not some huge. Now, obviously, they went huge with the next well, movie, but and Riddick was supposed to die in this this movie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So he so he was supposed to die. He dies uh, saving Rada Mitchell. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Rada. when they were filming this movie, the the crew loved the story of Riddick, which. I, I don't know how you get that from like oh, I, I love it okay story. but like when, you, when you're making the movie you're just like man this Riddick guy like no he can't die like we need that, more I think that sometimes happens when you're shooting something maybe and you fe you're feeling like hey we got something maybe here. Vince like, like it's all about family and this is gonna be my family so um, I mean, he cuts yeah. a he cuts a striking you know visual in in this mm -hmm. film. You you can't and he's very just I don't know, man. He, he's got it. He's got that X factor that people talk about. So I can totally see rewrites happening on the spot, being like, no, let's 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 give him some more room to breathe and everything because he's such a cool character. And honestly, I think they made the right choice with Fry getting killed. As much as I did, yeah, I, I don't want so. it to happen. Yeah. I think it's the right choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, and, and that was another thing I didn't remember had happened. And I was like, oh, shit, like they went there. She she buys it. Um, but it, it also made a, a sense to me, a certain sense to me, like that Riddick, of course, Riddick survives. He is a survivor. Like, yeah. He's he just comes out of these situations. That's what we've been led to believe the entire movie, right? The the so, real question is, who would play him now if if Vin Diesel wasn't around? Would this be like Momoa or something? Like who would be Riddick if if Riddick wow. was new on the scene right now? Who would play him? Would it be The yeah, Rock? It'd probably be like it'd probably be like. Uh, oh God, I don't think The Rock could pull it off. To be I, honest, I agree with you. I totally agree with you, Dustin. I don't think he could either. 
See, I don't know if I would go like big though. Like I wouldn't go for like some big muscle dude. I might go for like uh kind of like a middle like one of the Chris's. <laughs> the like, they're kind of, yeah, they're kinda of, they're kinda of middle. Yeah. Like you could do Chris Pratt or Chris Evans or you know, something like that. They're big enough. They're big enough, but they're not like fucking I don't think jacked. Pratt, Pratt is the right fit for this either. I don't know. That's a tough question. I, I have to really would have to think about all the the landscape out there of like the sort of young up and comers. Because uh, even those guys feel like a little too established to me. Yeah. There is something special about about Vin in this role, I think, which, um, like I said, I hadn't watched it since basically back when it came out. And, uh, and kind of forgot with all the Vin Diesel stuff we've had in the years in between and then sort of what I think of him as being in the sort of cinematic landscape. And, you know, now he's older and he's a big guy and not all the same ways that he was a big guy back then. Uh, but he's fucking cool in that. He, like you're saying, Corey, he has an X factor. He has a draw to him. He, he, yes, there's not every line reading is the best. Not every line of dialogue or his one liners aren't always great. Yeah. But there is just a cool aura about him in the movie that makes him a compelling character in this, I think. So it makes sense to me that they went, were like, yeah, we should make more fucking Riddick movies. I think like a, like a young Jerry Butts kind of character. Yeah. Okay. Like, like Jerry, like he's, he's not, too. He ain't young too much. He he's too old to do it. But I, like in that kind of vein, I don't know. Yeah. Did you have someone in mind? Oh Corey, no, I, I don't. No. I mean, he's so. I, there is no other Vin Diesel out there, you know, with, with his with his voice and everything. Just like there will never be another Rock, and uh, I, I I don't truly know who would be able to fill the shoes and be in, you know, say it would be, it would be completely different no matter who it was. And, uh, mm. but I'm a big Vin Diesel fan. I like the fast and furious movies. I mean, you got to understand. Well, I, think they're, I think they're fun for sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to understand. I fucking just, I get super high and then I just watch the hell out of them. They're, they're a lot of fun. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. You know, I'm not, I'm not there for the story or whatever, but I, I love me some Vin Diesel. I'll mess around with some triple X. I'll, I'll mess with all of it. I'll mess with boiler room. You know, I think all that stuff's fun. Yeah. I just think he's, way cooler in this movie than it, the, in those movies. And yeah, and that's kind of like where I was I was going to go with it. It is refreshing to go back and watch this movie because he isn't larger than life in it. Um in the fact that like his character Riddick gets hurt, like you know, he almost gets killed by the creatures and stuff. If you move forward in the other movies, like you, you just he's going to kill everybody and he's indestructible and he'll never get a cut on his face and and in Chronicles of Riddick he outruns the sun. That's why I love that fucking movie. Movie, but he still outruns the sun here. I felt like it was that perfect level of he's a little bit better than us, you know, than all of us. But he's not he's not superhuman. You know, he's not jumping in the air to rescue somebody like in Fast and the Furious and like out of their cars or something. He's not a superhuman here. And this is where I like Vin Diesel. And I kind of hope that one day he goes back to something that's smaller like this. And honestly, to give him credit in Riddick, he does bring the character down to more of a normal level right. in the third movie because he does get fucked up in that movie as well. So he's not like he's not perfect in that movie, but it's definitely a fault of the second one of Chronicles of Riddick of the of the superhuman, the superhero last action hero thing where it's just your hero just cannot get hurt and they're always <laughs> right. perfect. You know, do you think that Vin Diesel can act? 
<laughs> I think Vin and Diesel the, can act like Vin Diesel. The the reason well, the I thing, asked yeah. that is you watch a movie like this and it's like, okay, you know, he's playing a character. He, you know, he's not Vin Diesel like we know him now. That's what I was trying to say before, and yeah. I feel like because he's done the, like, Triple X and he's done Fast and the Furious, it's like he can't do anything more than that now. He's now stuck in that, you know, he's Dom now. That's yeah. it. He is, yeah, he's, we, he is Vin Diesel. He's Vin Diesel as Dom. Right. Like, <laughs> right. And it, it's the same thing with The Rock. The Rock, his early stuff, you're like, okay, you know, like he's he's trying to act. The rundown. Right? <laughs> yeah, the rundown. Probably his best movie. <laughs> Arguably. Because he gets um, his face humped by a monkey. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that movie, by the way. <laughs> um, but now he's just, he's always The Rock. Yes. He's The Rock in this. Yes. He's, you know, so... Yeah, well, you know, I'll bring up Jungle Cruise again. I liked Jungle Cruise just because it actually was, even though it is the rock in the jungle again, it actually was a little bit different in terms of what kind of character he was and stuff in that movie. But I think that's true about Vin Diesel. Like, he became Vin Diesel, but at this point, when we're watching him in this movie, he's not that he's not that persona yet. He's just this guy who's trying to break in and. And so he, I think he is playing a more of a character in this compared to what he does later, where he just sort of becomes this larger than life sort of icon movie character, like movie star person. Yeah. So like now he doesn't actually have to act. He just is he him. Just, yeah. He can and, just do and honestly, I think he's not a bad actor. I mean, you watch him in Saving Private Ryan. He's fine. Yeah. Boiler, Boiler Room. Room. He's fine. Mm-hmm. And he, he... Uh, find me guilty. Did you guys ever see that? Oh, yeah. No. I never he's s- like a mobster who defends himself in a trial. He's fucking great in that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I think that's. Vin Diesel's secret is that he actually can act. I think now he's gotten lazy with it. He's just like like you guys said, he's just become Dom slash Vin Diesel. But I do think at his core, I think he took a lot of acting classes. I think he actually can act because I do truly believe that if I looked like Vin Diesel and sounded like Vin Diesel and you put me in pitch black, I wouldn't have turned in the same performance that Vin Diesel did because I think he actually can act. Um, but yeah, I think he's gotten a little bit lazy with it. And I actually agree with you, Dustin. Uh, Jungle Cruise was fine. It was a, it was an okay movie. I enjoyed my time with it, but I was actually like, Oh yeah, the rock actually played just a little bit, just like, you know, if just he's, enough. If, yeah, if he's yeah. always at, if he's always at 12 o'clock, he played it at like one o'clock. It was just a yeah, little yeah. bit off. And I was like, I was like, okay, okay. You can do something, you know, like, but I mean, I am getting, you know, uh, rock fatigue, uh, unfortunately, hundred oh, percent. Oh, and, and I was going to mention it earlier. I'm also getting um, Oscar Isaac fatigue as well. So he's everywhere, isn't he? Yeah, and I mean, I like him. I still like him a lot. I mean, I do too. But like, yeah, I mean, I love Annihilation. I've seen all. Yeah, you know, I watch all of his movies and stuff. But then, yeah, when I saw the trailer for uh, Moon Moon Knight, right, Moon Knight. I was like, oh, mm. man, another Oscar Isaac jam. And that's when I realized I was like, oh, I think I have Oscar Isaac fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, back to back to um, Vin Diesel. I think, yeah, I think Vin Diesel's gotten lazy. I think he was better when he was younger and probably because he was hungry, you know? Right. It's the same with a lot of things, right? Like yeah. They're, exactly. He was hungry. Well, I mean, yeah, like he doesn't have to do anything other than uh, Fast and Furious movies. And and I like... Now. He's safe now. He He's safe, He doesn't yeah. have to worry ever again, right? Yeah, so exactly. You lose some of that edge. And I'll take Riddick over Dom any day of the week. 
absolutely <laughs> uh yeah i'm actually excited now to go back and watch those sequels and because i don't really remember them well so i want to see what it's all about <laughs> yeah i do let me let me know what you think of chronicles of riddick again like i said i it's one of those movies i know people don't like it and i know it's not great but i love it and i will die on that hill defending it it's got its uh, it's got its defenders for sure. Right? <laughs> it's got its fans. It does. Uh, I love that 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 Vin. You know, he turned down the Fast and the Furious sequel. He turned down the Triple X sequel because he wanted to do more Riddick stuff. Because Vin Diesel is a nerdy fucking guy. Like he is into D and D and all this stuff. Uh, so he wanted to go in more into this sci fi stuff. Now that's just not what the audience wanted. The audience wanted more, tri- more Fast and Furious, more Triple X type stuff. So that's what we ended up getting eventually. But he actually wanted to go like, no, I'm not going to do the sequels to those movies. I'm going to go fucking do this sci-fi yeah, nerd franchise. I think, uh, I think even Riddick, the the third one, I think he even helped finance it, or he took a pay cut. Yeah, like you know, it, it just it wasn't going to happen unless he really sort of either helped by taking a pay cut or something. But yeah, he <coughs> loves the character because he's a fucking nerd like us which is which is another (laughs) reason why i like vin diesel you know it's just i like that shit i like that he's a nerd um now i've heard he is trying to do a fourth one have you heard anything about that Corey? i honestly to be 100 percent truthful with you i do not keep up with any entertainment news whatsoever with podcasting after dark and everything i pretty much live in the 80s (laughs) in the 90s (laughs) but if 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 another one sounds like a dream if another one comes out i'm i'm there i'm there fucking opening day i've seen all of them in the theaters you know i watched the animated one that took place between uh it actually took place between like I think the 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 video game in number one or something, but I've seen everything <laughs> and I've played everything, Riddick. I love, love, love this universe. So if there is another one, I'm there for it. Even he even if he's fucking fat Vin Diesel with his shined <laughs> eyes, I'll take it. I don't care. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see if he gets... I, I heard something about that a little while back, but who knows with the state of things if it would uh, come about. I, I mean, Riddick, uh, the, the way Riddick ends and everything, it's it's not definitive or whatever, but I'm, I'm fine with that also being the end of the franchise as well. Well, should well, we... Uh, yeah, do we have anything more to talk about? Anything we missed? No, we I just... Up? The only thing I wanted to throw out, because it was um, one of the points that you guys break down on, on the rating and everything, I think it's a really well-paced film. And that's something that I personally like in movies. Like, it doesn't have a lot of slow moments here. They kind of go from, like... It's, you know, go from scene to scene, go from like point to point. They're always kind of moving with either with either they're moving physically from point A to point B or like the time is moving or something. But I just think it's a well paced film. And I don't think that is something that is easily done. And uh, I think that is something that should be called out and commended. Um, so before we get to our ratings, I'll just kind of, uh, I, you know, I think we should let people know that don't know how we rate things. So we basically have five categories. We have plot, kills, or and action, pacing, quotes and tropes, and then our personal reaction, and then that gets averaged. And then between the three of us, we average all our average scores. And that's how we arrive and, and at that's our how final we, number. <laughs> yeah, arrive at our final number, and then that's when we put it on the list. So, um, So you know what? Corey, since you're the guest, you brought the movie, you can choose to um, go first, last, yeah. whatever. Now, I knew you guys skipped some of them, but do you want me to go through all of them? You know what? You can go through all of them. I'll, yeah, I'll, just, I'll go through them pretty quickly. Sure. Um, and this is out of 10. Um, so plot, 
I gave a six because I thought it was just kind of straightforward, kind of no frills type of thing. Um, action kills. I gave a seven. It's it, I, like I said earlier, it's not like it doesn't have like my favorite kills I've ever seen. And I think they could have been better if they were done with maybe some practical effects, you know, um, mm-hmm. pacing because I brought it up. I give that an eight because I think that's fantastic. Uh, quotes and tropes. I didn't quite know how, how to do this because I didn't know if like if one was bad, if like if there was no quotes or yeah, something. It's, I mean, it's a it's a fault in our system and that we've combined quotes and tropes because those are actually two different <laughs> things. But OK, it's it's kind of hard to figure out which way to go with that well, for sure. I, I landed just on five because I was like, you know what? I don't quote this movie a lot, but when I watch it. I kind of mouth the quotes, you know, like I know them that they're coming, but I don't quote them in my daily life. And then as far as tropes go, I think it handled the tropes well. But then at the same time, you know, I I don't know. So I landed on a five with that one. Um, But personal reaction, um, I gave it a nine. I love this movie. Like I I loved it the first time I saw it in the theater. I've probably watched it maybe once like a year since it's been out. Like I've, oh, really? I've owned it. I've owned it on DVD. I've owned uh, a one copy on Blu-ray steel case. And then I have the arrow uh, Blu-ray. So I've bought this movie wow. three times. Um, so I love this film. So it's a nine. And if you average all of that out, thanks to James and his little computer, it comes out to a seven. So I give this movie a seven. Uh, right, Dustin, James. you want to? Oh, okay, I'll go next. I'll let you with your brutal numbers <laughs> yeah, go last. With, with my yeah, uh, yeah. A quick rundown. So plot, I gave seven. I actually think the plot's pretty good in this. Kills, I'm down to a six. I think because you know a lot of the action is obscured or the CG hurts it a bit. Pacing, I had as a six too, but you know I have to, I would have to think about that. Maybe it deserved better than that. Quotes and tropes I had at a six, and that's that thing where I balanced it out. Quotes, not not the greatest, although I do think there's a couple funny lines. Uh, there's that line where Vin Diesel says, I said I thought it looked like it was clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually uh, really like that scene. He said, I said looked clear, and then he's like, yeah. how's it look now? He's like, looks clear. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did think the tropes were mostly handled pretty well, so that that came out to a six for me, and my reaction's a seven, so that makes my score a six point four overall. Okay, and uh, I'm gonna break your heart here, Corey. Um, <laughs> so I did not like this movie like at all, really. Uh, I couldn't remember it and watching it this time. Just it's from. 2000 it's very much 2000 you're prejudiced um, is what you're saying yes so plot wise you're not down with the sickness i'm definitely not down with the sickness uh plot i gave it a four kills and action five pacing it was hard for me to like watch the movie it so three um quotes and tropes it's not very quotable other than the like awkward, weird <laughs> lines that he says. Um, and I don't think the tropes are used very well, um, mm. but there are some tropes. Like there's some tropes that are okay, but I feel like overall, you know, whatever, anyways. <laughs> uh, so my personal reaction is a three. And my overall score is a 3.8. James, do you think, uh, what did you say, like 15-year-old you in 2000, would would you have liked it then? Um, No. Okay. I don't think so. 
Uh, I wasn't into this kind of stuff, this nerd shit. <laughs> uh, I just wasn't into this stuff. Like, I, you know, I didn't grow up with Star Wars or I didn't watch Aliens at this point. Like, I didn't watch any of this, that sci-fi stuff. So, to me, it wasn't even on my radar. Like, uh, I would have to look and see what movies came out then. But this wasn't a movie that I was into i actually didn't go to the movies a whole lot when i was 15 so just this guy was a jock man (laughs) yeah yeah i was a jock so (laughs) um so yeah so overall the score ends up being averaged out it's a 5.7 so so are you not going to add uh is john going to watch it later and add his uh score to it or is this it this nope, is it. This is, this so John's just, just like, fuck me, right? Yeah. <laughs> fuck Corey. <laughs> <laughs> so if John was in here, I don't know where he would end up. I'm guessing lower. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he would have gone as low as you. Not but, as low as me. He probably wouldn't. I, I'm just, if I had to guess. Yeah. I'm so John wouldn't so this is a Dustin and Corey movie then. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So 5.7. So this is a big old tie. So oh. we got at 100... We have Face Off, Cobra, Olympus Has Fallen, Rambo 2, Shanghai Noon, <laughs> Young Guns, and Goldeneye, and Savage Streets. Wow. Hey, Savage Streets. We reviewed that on Podcast After Dark. Nice. So that is probably our biggest tie. Yeah, that's, got, that's a huge tie. Now, Face Off, Cobra, Olympus Has Fallen. Rambo 2, Shanghai Noon, Young Guns, Goldeneye, Savage Streets. Where does this fit in there? Holy fuck, that's for, a lot for to think me, about. For me, it beats all of those. Wow, Face okay. Off. Better than Face oh, Off. Oh, by the way, I hate Face Off. I, oh, <laughs> that is my, that is my least favorite John Woo movie. I am not a fan of that movie. I will take yeah. Hard Target over Face Off any fucking day. 100%. <laughs> hard Target well, is... Well, so would I, but we're a little I mean, hard target ar- arguably his best movie? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I fucking love it. And, and if you want to know how much I love Hard Target, go listen to the podcast After Dark breakdown of Hard Target. I fucking jizzed all over that movie. Yeah, so good. So wait, you'd watch Paycheck before Face Off? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would. I fucking hate Face Off. Wow. So you don't want his face off? Off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Corey would put it ahead of all of them. James, all of you got those. me <laughs> ahead of all of them. Yeah, um, I would say behind Young Guns, ahead of Goldeneye, behind Young Guns. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, this is gonna—I don't know how we're gonna figure this out. Where it goes? Yeah, this is very strange because to me, like, I think I'd rather watch this again than Olympus Has Fallen. But on the other right. hand, I don't really think it's better than Rambo 2, but we've got Rambo 2 behind Olympus Has Fallen. So it's a very, well, yeah, it's messed up. It's a very messed up chart at this point in this section of the... I, I think I'd have to put it behind Cobra. Cobra's uh, classic, though, yeah. Ahead, ahead of Olympus Has Fallen okay. for myself. So that's the, where would we? Where does that actually slide then? If, if we got one person ahead, one to, towards the back end, and one in the middle, we're we just going to put it in the middle somewhere? So I guess it would go... Ahead of Rambo 2, behind Olympus Has Fallen? I don't know. Well, I'm not, how many movies? One, two, three, I'm not four. a math major One, two, three, to average four. all this out and no, figure it no, out. No, no, it would go, um, oh, no. No, it would go behind Rambo 2, ahead of Shanghai Noon. Okay. 
I think that's where it ends up. I mean, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm fine with between, that for what it's worth. <laughs> that's in between the four movies on either so, side of it. So that's our new 104. Oh, all right. Very cool. Well, so, didn't quite make the top top 200 movies ever, hey, Corey. Come on. Hey, I'm fine yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Corey, for coming on. And um, why don't you remind everyone where they can find you? Yeah, you guys can listen to me. If you're a Seinfeld fan, talk about Seinfeld uh, every week on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And if you're a cult movie fan, which I'm sure is probably more in line with a lot of your listeners, uh, then go check out Podcasting After Dark. Like I said, we've covered some movies that you guys have already covered, like Savage Streets and whatnot, So and, and Hard Target. So go give, uh, you know, check those out and everything, or check out something that you guys haven't done. So it's, it's fun. I love being in the network with you guys. I love your show. I've been listening to it, uh, geez, for a while now, and uh, I'm current and everything, and I, I love it. I love what you guys do. It's so much fun, and I love that it's like this ongoing interactive uh, list, you know, that you can follow on on letterboxed, uh, letterboxed, and everything. It's a lot it's of fun. Like a, it's like a bacteria that just keeps growing. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, I mean, we're most active on Instagram, yeah. and we've had some, uh, especially recently, in- interesting conversations. <laughs> about our list and yeah. uh so it's always good i mean like like we've said before dustin will defend the list to the end <laughs> apparently i'm the one who's gonna defend it, <laughs> you are yeah. the defender um yeah I, i'm gonna have to check out your savage streets i haven't checked it out yet um well, I'm going to go listen to Hard Target. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. My, my biggest problem with Savage Streets uh, was in, in the final act, the climax. I just, like, she took one hit from the guy and she crumbled and turned into uh, Linda, you know, Linda Blair's character. Linda Blair, yeah. and, and, like, I was loving that movie up until that point, And then she just becomes so scared and, and sort of pathetic in that very last, like, climax. I was like damn, you were doing so good, you know, for, for so long. And then all of a sudden your character crumbles. I just, I wanted to see more from her. Um, uh, but it's still, a, it's still a slick movie. It's still a cool movie. I'm, I'm glad we, you know, we reviewed it and everything, but spoiler alert. That's, that's where I, that's what I feel about Savage Streets. Uh, hard <laughs> yeah. target. Fucking love that movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like we need to do that movie again just because I want to talk about it again. Yeah, well, it might be uh, might be selected here pretty soon. We'll, we'll see what I, happens. I, just yeah. just for the record, I voted for you guys to redo uh, Hard tar- uh, not Hard Target, Hard Boiled. Hard Boiled. Yeah, so that was out of James's options, and John's options. People voted for Face Off, <laughs> and now and now we got. I'm gonna throw up mine and see what people vote, and then those three are gonna go head to head to see which one is gonna be the one that we that we end up re. Are you, are you throwing redoing. yours out now, or do I have to wait for it? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it up on Instagram pretty quick. Here. Okay. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, so but go I make mean, sure you vote. I, I mean, I, I will. <laughs> I think either way, like hard boiled, we need to redo. And, yeah, we do need to redo that one, no matter and, what. And we do, we do do, we do <laughs> need to, to redo um, Stone Cold. Yeah, oh. Brian Bosworth, Stone Cold. Um, Remember that? I mean, I've, I've promised Ryan we Ryan won't, won't fucking leave us alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we will redo it. The, I mean, we did that one pretty early on. We did, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm dying but. to do either Hard Boiled or The Killer 
on podcast mm-hmm. after dark. Uh, I, I was a huge Chow Yun Fat fan uh, back in high school. Honestly, no lie, I'm I'm very open about this. I started smoking cigarettes, which became a pack a day <laughs> for for twenty year habit. I started smoking cigarettes because Chow Yun Fat smoked cigarettes, and guess what? <laughs> I smoked his brand. I smoked Parliaments. That's I was <laughs> back before the term uh, you know man crush was a thing. I was uh-huh. man crushing so hard well, on mean, Chow Yun Fat back in the late 90s. Few, few are as cool as fucking Chow Yun Fat was Dude, back then. So, mm. and the fact that there's no, like, there's no good Blu-ray out here, uh, at least... In the, I know, for, it's crazy, it right? Sucks, Hard-boiled man. or The Killer? No, either of them. Yeah. And, and yeah. the thing, so just so you guys know, on Podcast After Dark, um, we always buy the Blu-ray to go with it, so I have, like, a complete, like, library of every movie that we've reviewed in order. So if there is no Blu-ray for it, we're not going to review it because we also talk about like some of the features and stuff like that. Did you, I that think you there's get on some it. imports you can get, but they're not uh, they're not cheap. They're not so. cheap. And then I yeah. need to buy a region free Blu-ray player yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, full contact. Have you seen that one? Uh, yep. Seen that one. Seen City See, on Fire. That movie. He is so fucking cool mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. movie. I mean, just the motorcycle scene when when it's like raining and yeah. that knife fight. Oh man! You just have a full on Chow Yun Fat love. Yeah, right I mean now. it's getting hot in here now. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sweating, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some Chow Yun Fat. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, Had thanks a blast. for coming on, man. Oh no, so. th- thank you both for for having me on. And it, actually, guys and gals, if you don't know, uh, both James and Dustin were on Podcast After Dark. Uh, we did a watch list, which is a show that I've kind of retired a little bit because yeah i don't know i've been doing it for two years i I didn't really know what else to say but uh, both you guys were on there so if anything go check out the watch list that you guys did Listen to James's because my audio, unfortunately, on my end was, oh, was shit on that fine. one. Yeah, <laughs> it was you fine. can you can listen to me butcher movie quotes. <laughs> um, Dustin, you were fine, and the conversation was fantastic, Dustin. So I I think it was a okay. Well, I, I thought it was weak, but um, <laughs> but yeah, thank uh, you so much. Um, thank you for listening. You can uh, the best way to get a hold of us or you know get into a conversation with us whether it be our list or you know what movies you're watching is on instagram and that's at action action podcast um become a patron follower um you know that's you can get early access there's uh bonus material on there we're looking to get some more bonus material on there uh, we haven't been doing that lately we kind of need to get our shit together step up our game um but yeah, do that, and uh, you so can. Then you get to choose a movie we, yeah, we watch. Yeah, you, you get to choose a movie like um, Temple of Doom that we just did. Um, right. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week.